Hello and welcome to the Reading Ramble. On previous episodes, you may have heard us talking about our new Lancashire Stories project. And if you follow Lanx Libraries on social media, you will have seen us announcing the authors who will be participating in the project and writing a short story. Well, on today's episode of the Reading Ramble, we're going to talk to one of those authors, the brilliant Nathan Parker. So I'm here today with uh, with Nathan Parker, who we're so delighted has been announced as one of the uh, participating authors in Lancashire Stories. Um, hi, Nathan. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Robin. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for the opportunity to be part of this amazing project. Yeah, it's um, it's been great. We've been talking to you for, about it for a while now, and it's something I'm really pleased that um, you uh, you're one of our selected authors and I can't wait to read the story um, that you that you are you're in the process of writing. Um, I think we'll get to that in a little while. But should we start with some um, some sort of introductions to you as a writer for people that haven't read your your, your work? Um, Sounds good. Yeah. So Lancashire Library readers, especially our, our sort of young adult Elboy Lancashire Book of the Year readers will know you well from your Granville series of books. Do you want to start by talking a little bit about how you got into writing and what uh, what your inspirations were? Sure, yeah. Um, it's it's always a, I always enjoy talking about how I got into writing because it was a bit of um well, it kind of just happened. And and I know that sounds a bit flippant, but um, I was part of a I was part of a, 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 a I, I guess if you trace it back to childhood, I've always enjoyed the idea of, 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 of books, of reading, and then imagining that I could create something like that, you know, but I'd love to sit here with you today, Robin, and say that it was Lord of the Flies or To Kill a Mockingbird or one of the classics that inspired me when I was 10 years old, but it was actually Goosebumps. Um, you know, there's something about uh, Phantom of the Auditorium, it was called. I can still remember it now. I lived inside that book for two weeks and it was probably the first book that I can remember independently reading um, and enjoying. And that started a little fire inside that, that made me think, I want to write one of these. Uh, you know, how great would it be to make people feel the way I felt reading that book? Now, obviously, 10 year old me had these ambitions that uh, teenage me wanted to deny because um, that fire sort of fizzled out a little bit as uh, the teenage angst took over and survival at an all boys school 20 odd years ago um, became my main priority um, and I guess creative writing and reading and stuff slipped down my uh, my th- list of things to do and um, it was actually To Kill a Mockingbird that that saved the day really I guess I was probably about 19 and my dad said I was struggling sleeping for various reasons um, and my dad said you need to start reading again son so that will help you so i picked up to kill a mockingbird and bang wow my mind was blown and i was thinking why have i not been you know why has this not been a habit of mine for for, for the last sort of few, you know few years through arguably the tough you know some of the toughest times of my life reading would have been such you know an escape and and would have provided so much therapeutic value but hey you know hindsight's a wonderful thing and ever since that day i've pretty much read most nights you know give or take the odd one where <clears throat> i might have um 
you know, needed to go to sleep a little, uh, little more sharp, r- r- rapidly than, than, than you know, uh, usual. Um, and that kind of started this fire going again for me, where I thought, oh yeah, every time I read a good book, I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to write one of these, to create these characters and these places and these storylines? And it was a bit of a pipe, pipe dream, I guess you could say. And one day I found myself in a workshop. Uh, I'm a youth worker. That that's my role. That's my um, that's my my profession. That's what I'm qualified as. And I found myself in a in a workshop where um, we were we were asked to write uh, write down a personal pledge for 2017. It will have been uh, a creative pledge. It had to be a creative pledge. Spend some time on ourselves uh, to, to to develop creatively. And people were saying you know, learn to dance, play the piano, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote to write a short story. Now, they made us tell everybody in the workshop and then revealed that if you write something down and then tell people, you're more likely to do it, blah, blah, blah. So they stitched me up big time. You know, I told this big room of people I was going to write this story. So I thought, well, you've always kind of, you know, you know, um, toyed with the idea. You've got an excuse. Open your laptop and give it a go. And I did. And, you know, 12 months later, the disappearance of Timothy Dawson was was created. And, um, you know, there was lots of bumps in the road along the way. But, you know, I won't I won't go into them too much today. Um, But 12 months later, I had a copy self-published of the disappearance of Timothy Dawson, knocked on my mum's door and said, "Yeah, mum, here's a book that I've written. And that was a really proud moment for me. Didn't think much more would happen. However, people started buying it, reading it, leaving good reviews. It got entered into Lancashire Book of the Year um, and I got shortlisted, which absolutely blew my mind because here I was, a youth worker who worked with young people. You know, uh, one of my main drivers in that is to empower young people to have a voice. And here I was being shortlisted by the very group of young people that, that I was so passionate about. Um, in, in a competition that I'd never seen a self-published author be shortlisted before. So it's a real turning point in my life. Um, Lancashire Book of the Year. I'm so great. You know, Robin, I've spoke quite quite a lot with yourself and, and the team at how grateful I am for Lancashire Book of the Year for giving me a platform to forge this identity as a writer you know I was just a guy that had written a book before Lancashire Book of the Year after Lancashire Book of the Year 2019 I was Nathan Parker and I was a writer I was an author and that gave me the confidence to kick on to write the sequel which as we know got shortlisted again this year maybe third time lucky I might actually win it what's going on over there guys always the bridesmaid never the bride but no, again, another privilege to be shortlisted again. And um, yeah, that's the Granville series in a, in a nutshell. I, I guess from an influence point of view, I'm a massive advocate for channeling lived experience, you know, valuing our own experiences that can, you know, be, be um, utilised in fictional writing. I'm not saying expose yourself and, and, and you know, make yourself vulnerable, in an autobiographical autobiography type sense, I'm talking about utilised lived experience, feelings, things we've seen, felt, done, heard, and they can they can contribute to to amazing stories. And and obviously the Granville series is is living proof of that. It's a gritty northern 
um, relatable story of adversity and 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 hope, um, all kind of wrapped up in a, in, a, in a bit of a mystery type uh, plotline, I guess you could say. Yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting hearing you talk about how um, that kind of experience from the the very the the first time you were shortlisted for Lancashire Book of the Year. I wasn't in my my current role. I was, but I did attend the um, celebration event, the sort of finals that year, and that was the first time I heard you speak. And I think a lot of people in the room that day just found you so relatable. And I think that's one of the reasons why your books have proved popular with our our readers is that they are very relatable and even though the name on the of the town is Granville I think people can see a lot of uh, similarities um, between uh, the Granville that you write about and the Blackpool that you call your home town yeah um, was that conscious that you made the decision to rename it yeah um, because I guess I wanted to create a fictional any town so that somebody could pick it up and be like, wow, this sounds like, I mean, you know, the front cover of the first book kind of gives it away. It's a seaside town. There's those elements and, and the kind of uh, attractions and contrast between the bright lights of the promenade and the, and the adversity it, it, that, that exists within the shadows of, of those attractions, um, which we're going to talk about a little bit later with this latest story. But um, I wanted people to pick it up and not think necessarily of Blackpool think of Granville and which is a fictional any town and then when you know it doesn't matter whether they live in Accrington whether they live in Glasgow whether they live in somewhere on the south coast people can recognize something about their own town in Granville um, and, and that was my con that was a conscious decision because if it's Blackpool it's Blackpool and people have to try and transport themselves to Blackpool whereas Granville they can kind of um, make it up and then all of a sudden, um, you know, uh, whether that's a certain street that you describe or whether it's a certain, you know, area of the town or certain characters that you describe or the pub that's so prominent, the estate that, that, that Tommy lives on the on the outskirts of, all of a sudden people are like, wow, that's like that, that's like that estate, that's like that pub that I went to when I was younger or whatever. And that was a real, that was, a, yeah, a conscious decision. And the other reason is that it is, it, it, it does paint a very bleak picture of the town and Blackpool gets dra dragged through the mud enough unfairly if you ask me I'm a very passionate believer in in, in you know offering a balanced view of, of of my hometown and I didn't want to add to that uh, negative perception of a town that's entrenched in poverty which we are but we've also got so many positive assets and bright sparks such as Tommy the main character so yeah um it was a conscious decision I think it's interesting when you you said that um, when you made that creative pledge back um, uh, in 2017 that you'd write a short story and this project's going to see you write a short story. Um, but what actually came out was a was a novel. Um, was that something that just developed? Yeah. Did you know what you were doing when it, when no, you were writing that? I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, that theme actually is still exists to today you know i find myself saying that quite a lot i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> you know but i'm just embracing it but um with with uh with the short story idea initially um it was a short story and i wasn't really sure what i was going to do with that I, and i couldn't stop writing once i started 
and I couldn't. I started to add plot points. I guess I started with this. Anybody who's read the disappearance of Timothy Dawson or the or, or the rise of the chemist, the Granville series as it is, will will know that um, there's a, a strong element of the story which in, which refers to Tommy's family being you know heroin addicts and 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 having particular problems with with, with mental health and and substance misuse. Growing up, my brother was a was a heroin addict. He's a recovering heroin addict. He's been clean for you know coming up to ten years, I think now, and 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 that's fantastic. But for me, growing up, that was a real challenge. And whilst I'm not the main character, and my brother's not Derek, who's Tommy's brother in the book, the relationship between Tommy and Derek is forged based on the relationship that I have with my brother and. The more I started to write about this stuff in a fictional way, I started to add points to the plot, and it just became bigger and uh, and and more difficult to to maintain as a short story. So I just kept going, I just kept going and going and going, and uh, and in the end, I ended up with this kind of sixty odd thousand word word document, <laughs> and I was like, right, what we're going to do with this? Spoke to somebody about you know self publishing, and I was like, wow, this is our kind of slow i am on on the uptake i mean i only got a netflix account last year you know i was like what you can self-publish like so i can just upload that to somewhere to amazon other providers are available um and i get a book sent to me you know that blew my mind so i was like wow i could actually have a book on my bookshelf and i could give my mum a copy and that's the one of the you know that's the first thing i did um, and, and I guess I'm telling you all this because because I really was that naive going into it. I didn't, you know, I, I, I'm not a master at the English language. I don't profess to be a master at the, you know, at the English language. I, I do believe I'm a storyteller though, and I do believe I've got, you know, lots of stories that I can tell that can will connect with other people. Um, so the fact that I could put that into a book form and you know that to be available for people to buy was like whoa yeah and I'm just thinking now while I'm telling you this story just how far I've come in the last few years you know um we only spoke briefly before we 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 started recording about the fact that I've handed my notice in at, at at my job to pursue you know this this kind of literacy uh youth work type youth work slash literacy uh combination in schools and the community and and whatnot so i've come a a long way and i wanted i want to maintain that um you know that 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 raw kind of um not got it all figured out approach because i feel like that's the truth and 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 you know people can relate to that and if that makes people think oh go on i'll give it a go i'll 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 pick a pen up and write a story actually because i've always wanted to do something like that and for me that's job done you know this isn't about me holding on to you know this 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 kind of uh i don't know what you might call it you know status of some description it's for me to i see it as my role to spread the, the the kind of you know um connection you know enable other people to be connected connected with literacy and feel confident and you know we know we've spoke before robin about literacy literacy skills and poverty and the connection between the two and 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 that that really bugs me and and it and, and it frustrates me that so many of our young people are being left behind 
based on a really simple thing such as reading and writing and, and storytelling and you know i want to try and do something about that that should be for everybody that shouldn't be a dis, you know a, an affluence thing it should be it should be for everybody and, and and i really want to try and do that by making it as relatable and, and relevant and as interesting as i can I i've gone off on a tangent that, there sorry Robin, no so. not at all that's fine that's good and i think it's something that as part of this project that we've got you know we're really conscious of that we're making these these stories that are going to be released as part of Lancashire stories they're all set in Lancashire and this is a book that's going to be given for free to Lancashire residents and we are hoping that you know anyone can pick them up and read them whether they are an avid reader that reads 120 books a year and is looking for something different or someone that doesn't read any books in a year they're going to open that book and see that there is a story set you know within 10 miles of where they live and yeah it might feature places and people that they recognize and that might just be the little thing that grabs them and drags them in and makes them think ah that, that's the story for me and i think they are going to be digestible stories uh three to five thousand words isn't that much you know you can read that in a short sitting um i think that that's um uh, that's the challenge that um the authors have got in the, yeah. self-including that yeah thanks for that yeah <laughs> um, as somebody that is used to writing a book that is you know 50 60 70 thousand words long how do you feel about writing something that's a lot more concise terrified no i'm not I, i'm not um it was me just waffling on saying you know and i just kept going and going i'm like the forrest gump of um of, of writing no I, i'm really excited to try and convey this story that i've got in five thousand words uh, i'm excited to make it work um i'm really really this go this goes out to, to to our editor in particular i'm really really gonna try and make it as easy as possible for you to keep it in the word count um you know that that's a promise and um yeah you know these are short stories the snapshots in time you know i'm a big you know I, one of my messages when i go out and, and speak to, to to young people in schools is get the time frame right you know my my story takes place yeah all right it takes pl place over a couple of weeks but the bulk of it takes place in one night what you know i'm getting you know that, that's for me that's 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 one of the main things for a writer to think through is get the time frame right based on the length of store st length of story that you've got you know young people doing exams for gcse they've got 500 words you can't start writing like a hollywood movie-esque plot you know where there's twists and turns and alien invasions and you know all sorts of stuff like that because you haven't got the you haven't got the words so it's about being disciplined with 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 the plan and, and stick into the right time frame um, so that you can do it justice. So I think I think probably now is a good time then just to, without giving too much away to talk about the story that you're going to be writing for um, Lancashire Stories. Uh, firstly, does it have a name yet or a working title? It's a, it's, it's a working title and the working title at the minute is The Club, but I'm not a hundred percent on that okay it's so just that's, a working that's interesting title. we can see if it develops over the next uh next yeah couple of months isn't it yeah 
do you want to give us a, a, a brief synopsis of what the story is about without going into sort of the, the major twists and turns? Yeah, I can. Yeah. So I, I alluded to to the Granville series being a little bit like, you know, a contrast between the bright lights of Blackpool's promenade and, and, and the reality that exists for, for, for a lot of the people that, that live in the town. So this story is kind of going to going to hopefully really amplify that um, by following two characters who are uh, we're going to go back in time, by the way, this is going to be state. Um, this is going to be set in the 70s, loosely based on a true story. And it's going to follow two, a couple of chances who are 17, 18, probably got more responsibility than 17, 18 year olds should have. Or certainly one of the characters does to already has a, a, a son and a, a house. And um, they both uh, like to have a punt on the horses and the football and the dogs and anything that they can um, you know, get involved in, really. So probably not in, in, in a, it's not really ideal, therefore, that they work in an illegal gambling um, cafe bistro, shall we say, a bar, you know, um, that kind of, um, the fr- it, it is a place where you can sit down and eat and, and have a drink, but actually there's, um, underhand gambling that goes on at this club and they wait on they wait on there uh so all the the high rollers and the tourists that have a lot of money and um you know anybody that's got a little bit of status in the town will find themselves in the club nice state dinner a little bit of a nice game of blackjack um you know for afters and so these two guys are down on the look they haven't got two bob to rub together and yet they serve people who have lots of money and and there straight away is, is a contrast for me um and the story so that's the bit of the context the story is them coming up with a, a, a an ingenious scheme to try and make some money which involves um utilizing the access points that exist within the club that lead next door to a high-end fashion precinct where they sell all the latest designer gear, which includes includes fur coats, which were very well sought after, that not many people who lived in Blackpool could afford, but tourists, again, and visitors would, would happily go shopping. You know, we're talking about a time where Blackpool had the very best entertainment, you know, famous bands you know we've had frank sinatra you know obviously when this was filmed we've had frank sinatra in the previous decade come perform you know the beatles have been to blackpool in the previous decade so we're talking you know there are high-end um fashionable places because it's not like blackpool is today shall we say which you know we were all dancing for joy when we got anandos a few years ago so we were a little bit behind everybody else, but we got there. Um, but back in the day, back in the 70s, Blackpool was the place to go. And so these these two chances, they um, they have their eyes on maybe acquiring some of these fur coats and selling them off to make some money to get them through the Christmas period. It's in the height of the season, the skin, they've got bills to pay, they've got mouths to feed. And yeah, um, 
let's just say it doesn't quite go to plan. And I don't really want to say much more than that. So, yeah. That that sounds like a, a good place to sort of leave it there. Yeah, I think it uh, gives us a, a little taste of what's to come. Um, <laughs> and, and although it, it, the, the book's not coming out until um, November, it's not too long. We'll We'll find out soon enough. Oh, of course. And, you know, that's not a bad time for it to come out because that's the time of year that it will be set. You know, it's coming to it's the height of the season in Blackpool. The lights are shining. Everybody's loving it, you know. But the reality is that people are struggling to survive. And, 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 and that's what I hope this story will subtly, you know, you know, get, get the message across subtly whilst having a bit of fun with this particular story. Um we, we touched we touched earlier on the idea of how um, how place and um, you know recognizing locations can influence or inspire people uh, and you know just provide that little bit of interest into into something you might read. Do you think um, that there might be an element of um, reminiscence or um, you know thinking of the, the sort of the the, the glory days or uh, that that sort of heyday of Blackpool as an entertainment uh, centre might inspire people to pick this story up? I hope so. I hope so, yeah. I mean, I guess, the you know, the, the story takes place, if you've got a good arm, a stone's throw from the tower, you know, it's right it's right there in the middle of, 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 of our tourist attractions, of our illuminations, and, you know, whilst it might be a few decades ago, there's still, you know, reference points that we can all relate to, uh, today but yeah i think there's something about i feel like uh blackpool's got loads to be proud of you know there's there's maybe the more obvious stuff like i've referenced franks and archer coming and all that kind of stuff which you know loads of people know about but you know there's things like um during world world war ii um dancers and entertainers were rehomed in blackpool and that's why blackpool circus is so and Blackpool, you know, the dancing, the ballrooms and all that kind of stuff is so prevalent in Blackpool because we we became the second, we, we became the, the, the home of entertainment when London was being bombed. And, you know, all, uh, we've got such a strong dance community and circus community and heritage that exists within our town. And that 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 was a big responsibility for, for, for our country in, in, in a time of, you know, desperate need. We kept... I'm not saying single-handedly, but our town played a massive part in keeping entertainment alive. And, and you know, we've got lots and lots to be proud of. Um, but the narrative that exists at the minute doesn't really lend itself to that. It lends itself to that we are, you know, entrenched in poverty, which we are. You know, it's we're, we're, I think we've got f- five of the top ten most deprived wards in the in the country. All, you know, our town's seven by three miles. You know, there's it's 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 in it's um densely populated, and it's dense. You know, there's, we've got the problems of. I heard a a young person say this the other day. Actually, we've got the problems of a city, and the funding of a town. Now, you know, that that narrative for people who live outside of Blackpool is is that oh, excuse my French, but it's it's a s-h-i-t hole and 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 we're not you know we're not we've got so much more than that the people who live here are fantastic they're talented they're you know hard working and they're, they're caring and and that 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 gets 
gets lost a little bit with the narrative. So I hope by revisiting some of the past, I can I can tell some important stories, but also leave people with a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. It's good to hear your your, your, your obvious and clear passion for your hometown coming through. Uh, I think that's important. And I think people do have pride in where they come from and they want to see the best for it. And uh, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading your, your Lancashire story. Um, I think it will be uh, it'll be really really good, uh, interesting to read. Um, and uh, yeah, so quickly just before we finish, um, what's the process like for you now over the next uh, next couple of months of, uh, that you've got to write to your deadline and uh, get yeah. the story in? So, so I've got just over six weeks. So I've done all the plotting, all all the backstories, all the thinking through the character stuff that's not necessarily going to be in the the, the story, but I'm a big believer in understanding characters and place as, as much as you can, even that goes beyond the pages of the book. So I've been doing a lot of that over the last couple of months. Um, and I'm kind of at the point now where I'm ready to put fingertip to key, which is obviously pen to paper, but I can't remember the last time I actually wrote anything. So, um, yeah, keys tapping away and, and start to actually bring it together in in story format so i will i will rattle out a first draft our main man stephen king as he likes to say everybody's first draft is rubbish so if he can say that uh, i'm all right with my first draft being rubbish as well but rattle it out get whatever's on my head down on paper and then obviously work through the editing process really bring tighten it up fine tune it make sure it's in the word count, you know, and check I'm happy with it. And then it will be kind of perhaps share it with yourself and a couple of the other guys in the, you know, the team to, to bring in the editor in and, and, and yeah, just start getting some feedback and get a bit of dialogue going and, and just, yeah, put the final pieces to it till it's ready to, to go into the mix. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, can't wait to read it. Uh, can't wait to write it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nathan, for uh, for for sharing uh, uh, your Lancashire story with us. Then um, we'll speak to you soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Reading Ramble, and thank you for Nathan Parker for joining us for this episode. You can find Nathan on social media at Parker Words, and you can read his blog uh, at uh, nathanparker.home.blog. You can also find Nathan's books on our library catalogue. Join us soon for the next episode of The Reading Ramble.